chapter number two, Mark chapter number two. Mark chapter number two, we're going to start in verse number one. I don't know exactly what the uh, normal tradition is here, but if you find it, would you stand with me? Stretch your legs a little bit. Respect to God's word. Mark chapter number two, verse number one. Are you there this evening? Mark chapter number two, verse number one says this, And again he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. Straightway many were gathered together, and so much that there was no room to receive them, no, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. When they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. It's a very familiar story that we see here, one that uh, I knew growing up in, in Sunday school. And uh, I want to preach a message on, on this subject, see the need, see the need. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you for your goodness to us. Lord, I pray that you would work in hearts as only you can. Lord, I pray that you'd fill both speaker and listener with your power, with your spirit, that we would leave this place changed. Lord, I pray that you'd work as only you can. We love you. We thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your grace to us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. The Bible says here in, in verse number one, it says, and again he entered. Christ had been to this city before. Uh, he was well known in the city. In Mark chapter one, verse 21 is the account of it. And it says, and they went into Capernaum and straightway on the Sabbath day, he entered into the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. He was well known in, his, in this city because of his teaching, because of his doctrine. The Bible says that he taught and he was as one that had authority. And church, he had authority. Church, he should still have authority. In each and every one of our lives. He was well known in this city because of his, his teaching, because of his doctrine. He was also well known because of miracles that he performed. So it made sense. when he was coming back into the city, there was, it was being noised about that, hey, Christ is coming back here. He's coming back into the house. He's coming back into the city. And then in verse number two, the Bible says, and straightway, almost immediately, many were gathered together. The house began to fill up, began to be packed full, so much so that you couldn't fit another person in there. The Bible says he preached the word of them. Then the Bible introduces us to this one man that is sick of palsy. And this man, he comes and he's being brought by four other men. And they couldn't get into the house. Remember, it was full. It was packed. They couldn't get in. So as a result, they, they went up on the, on the roof and they tore apart the roof and they let him down. As a result, Jesus heals this man. That's the story. Very familiar story. But I want to point out a couple things that we can learn from this story that I think will be a help and a blessing to you. First thing I want you to notice here is in, is in verse number three. It says, And they come unto him bringing how many? How many? One. Church, if we're to win the world to Christ, which is what God's commanded us to do, it's going to happen one at a time. One at a time. Man, if I focus on the whole country of Russia, 144 million people, 15 missionaries, man, that's overwhelming. Just the city of Yakutsk, 300,000 people. We would be the first. A little overwhelming, isn't it? 
Maybe if you were to focus on your town, your city, Hattiesburg, Mississippi, it might be a little overwhelming. Man, I don't know how we can reach so many people. You reach them one at a time. The one that God puts in your path, maybe in, a, in, in, your, in your workplace, maybe it's a family member that, that's in your path that, hey, they're, they're lost and they need, they need Christ. That, that one. We reach that one for Christ and then we go on to the next one. Let me illustrate it this way. I'll use your preacher because your preacher's, well, your preacher's your preacher, man. And uh, if, we, if we started this year, say it's January 1st, 2021, I led one person to the Lord every day. At the end of the year, how many people would I have led to the Lord? 365. Say your pastor in one year leads one person to the Lord, but he trains that one person to lead, the, lead somebody else to the Lord next year. Okay? Follow? So the first year he'd have one, second, two, third, four, fourth, eight. You follow my math? Good. I was homeschooled, so I'm glad you follow it. Man, sorry, mom. I love you. At the end of 10 years, I would have led 3,650. At the end of 10 years, your pastor would have led 1,024. At the end of 20 years, I would have 7,300. At the end of 20 years, your pastor would have 1,048,576. If, if 20, 20 years is what God gives us to serve, and he takes us home after 20 years of soul winning like that, my count stops. It's done. His count goes to 2,097,152 minus 1. Church, if we followed that example... We could reach the world's population in 35 years. I come from a very unique place, the Chicagoland area, where there's several types of people there. They could go home to their countries and do the same. It's, it's not an impossible task, but it happens one at a time. One at a time. Next thing I want you to notice here is in verse number three, it says, And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. We don't know much about these four men. Uh, according to Luke's account, we know that they're men, and obviously we know that there's four of them. But we don't know what type of relationship these four men had with this man that was sick of the palsy. We don't know what that relationship entailed. Maybe they were family members of this, this man that as they grew up, they knew their brother's condition and he's lying in a bed, hopeless and helpless and man, he needs help. Maybe they were family members. Maybe they were friends who knew his condition. But maybe they were just concerned citizens and as they walked by day in, day out, going to work and they see this man, man, he's lying here, hopeless, helpless. He, he can't get up. He can't move. Christ is coming back into town. This man needs help. Maybe they were just concerned citizens. We don't know what that relationship was, but quite frankly, church, I think the Bible does that because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what our relationship is between us and somebody in Walmart. It doesn't matter what our relationship is between us and someone at the gas pump. It doesn't matter what our relationship is between us and missionaries, that hotel clerk. 
doesn't matter what that relationship is. It doesn't even matter what the relationship is between us and somebody holding a cardboard sign in a street corner somewhere. That doesn't matter. What matters is churches, do we see a need? Do we see the need? These four men, they saw a need regardless of the relationship. They saw, hey, this man is, he, he's hopeless. He's helpless. He's lying in a bed. Hey, there's a need here. Do we see the need? Do we see people clearly? Do we see people as never dying souls? Do you realize when, when God does something, God breathed into the nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul? Do you realize when God does something, it's eternal? They have a never dying soul, just like each and every one of us have a never dying soul. But God didn't just come to die for us. God came to die for the world. Go to Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8 real quick. Verse 22. It says, And he cometh to Bethsaida, and they bring a blind man unto him, and besought him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand, and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes, and put his hands upon him, he asked him if he saw aught. And he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. After that, he put his hands again upon his eyes, and made him look up, and he was restored, and saw every man clearly. I often thought this, this passage was kind of humorous. I, it's almost like God made a mistake when he healed this blind man. See, men, as trees walking, and it's like, oh, no, you're not supposed to see that. But we know God doesn't make mistakes. Coming from Missouri, where I grew up, even in Illinois, there's, there's a lot of trees around. I see a lot of trees. I see trees every day. Saw some trees coming in. I don't pay much attention to trees, except when deer season comes around. <laughs> Which one's the right one to hang a stand in, right? I don't pay much attention to trees. They have no value to me, have no significance to me. Is that how we see people? Man, we see people day in, day out, don't we? There's not a day goes by that you don't see someone that you don't know. Do we just view them with no significance and no value and we view them as trees? Man, I see men as trees walking. No, no, no. Let's do it again. Oh, now I see every man clearly. Do we see every, every person clearly? It's a never dying soul. It's going to spend eternity in one of two places, church. Either heaven or hell. Unfortunately, it's most likely the latter unless we do something. We have the ability to make a difference. We have the ability to tell them the truth. Are we? They saw a need. These four men, they saw a need. When was the last time we saw a need? When was the last time we saw a need in somebody? Man, I'm so glad a construction worker saw a need in my granddaddy. He was needed some work done on his house and had a construction worker come out, come out and do some work on his house. And this was before my granddaddy got saved. And he, uh, he thought construction workers were big, bad, and tough and thought they cussed a lot. So he said, hey, when, I, when he gets here, I'm just going to say a long line of cuss words at him. It's exactly what my granddaddy did. He got there and granddaddy just cussed him. You know what that man said to my grandfather? He said, sir, you're going to give an account to God one day for every single one of those words you just said. As a result, that man was able to witness to my grandfather. My grandfather got saved. 
Church, he could have said, that's just another coworker or, or just another client. It's just another job. I'm here to do work. He could have said that, but he didn't. This man saw a need. My granddaddy's in heaven because of it. I doubt that that construction worker thought, hey, if I lead this person to the Lord, his grandson's going to be a missionary to Russia. Who knows what God's going to do with him? We have no clue the future that God has in, in somebody's life. The people walk by. What if their grandson's another D.L. Moody? What if their granddaughter's another Mrs. Judson or Mrs. Elliot? We don't know. Have no clue. Man, they saw a need. Not only did they see a need, they became burdened for the need because as Lamentations mentions, they let their eye affect their heart. Excuse me. <coughs> they became burdened for the need. When was the last time we were burdened for somebody's soul? When was the last time we wept hot tears over a lost soul? The Bible says, They that sow tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed. Precious seed. Precious seed. Shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Man, when was the last time we wept tears over a lost soul? When was the last time we were so burdened and so ate up and said, Hey, we've got to get this person to Christ. The Sterlings who we're going to go work with, they've, ever since they moved outside the city, they've had a neighbor. Name's Babavara. Babavara is a sweet, sweet elderly Russian grandma. Sweet as can be, my wife and I went over there in 2018 and we met her. She's lost. We begin to pray for her. The Sterlings have uh, some unique ways of, of getting into people's houses to, to begin to build relationships so that they can uh, witness to them. And so they have a couple of goats that they milk and they give out goat milk in the community. So they, they would go over to Babavar's house, give her some goat milk, and when groceries would come in, Mrs. Sterling and their daughter would go over and make sure they, uh, that she had everything, that she didn't need anything. Their boys would go over and make sure the stove was stocked with wood or, or coal, make sure she'd stay warm in the winter. Sterlings were coming back on furlough this last year in June. In June last year, two days before they were, they were coming back, they went over to Babavar's house, made sure she was doing okay. Mrs. Sterling gave Brother Sterling a look, and Brother Sterling knew, hey, we're going to be able to, my wife's going to be able to witness to her. Again, and after two hours, a couple of hours, Babavar sweetly got saved. Church, that took 14 years of working. 14 years of being a good neighbor, having a good testimony. 14 years of, of trying to reach her with the gospel. Witnessing to her any time the door opened itself. 14 years. And I guarantee you, they wept tears over her soul. When was the last time we wept tears over somebody's soul? When was the last time we were so burdened to get people the gospel of Christ? Because they were burdened. Look at verse number 4. They were determined. It says, And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press... Look at what they did. They uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed where in the sick of the palsy lay. Hey, because they saw a need, because they let their eye affect their heart and became burdened for the need and said, hey, we've got to get this man to Christ. They take him over to the house and hey, the house is full. We can't get him in the front door. Man, let's go around to the back door. And man, they can't get him into the back door. Maybe they tried the windows and they couldn't get him in. They could have said, hey, look, pal, we tried. Maybe when, when Christ comes back in the town, we can try again. That's what they could have said, but they didn't. They were determined. They said, hey, no matter what we have to do, no matter what it takes, we are going to get this man to Christ. So they went up on the roof. 
Church, you realize how much work that is? You realize how much work it would take to tear apart this roof with a hole big enough to lower down a bed straight down? That's a lot of work. And that's a lot of work with the right kind of tools. Over there, you're not talking necessarily uh, a drop ceiling or, or drywall and studs. From my understanding, it was stone slabs where their roof was a part of their yard. It was a lot of work. The Bible says when they had broken it up, they let down the bed where in the sick of the palsy lay. Man, they were so determined. Say, hey, no matter what it takes, no matter how long it takes, we're going to get this man there. We're going to get him to Christ. I was able to go soul winning with my church a little while ago, and we went out, and I saw this young man coming uh, towards me. He's, his name was Jesse. He was 22. I was walking towards him, and we met, and Gave him a track, and I said, hey, look, this can tell you how you can know 100% for sure if you die today that you go to heaven. Is that something you know, or is that something you wonder about sometimes? Well, I kind of wonder about it sometimes. Let me take the Bible and show you how you can know that. For about 15 minutes, 15, 20 minutes, I was able to lead Jesse to the Lord. Jesse got saved. Picture with me, if you would, in that story, man, I, I took Jesse right by the hand, and I just walked him straight through the front door. Got him right to Christ. You know what the Sterlings were doing for 14 years? They were tearing apart a roof. Hey, no matter what it takes, no matter how long it takes, I got a teacher that this, the, the false doctrine of the Russian Orthodox Church is why this isn't biblical and why that isn't biblical. Hey, they were tearing apart a roof because why? It's worth it for one soul. It's worth it. 14 years of labor, it's worth it. They were determined. When was the last time we were determined to get somebody the gospel of Christ? Why is it that during a pandemic we sit back on our hands and not give out gospel tracts? Why is it that during a pandemic when deaths are skyrocketing, we decide to pull back on our soul winning? People didn't stop dying during a pandemic, did they? They're still never dying souls. Why did we pull out of it? Because we're worried about what people think? These four men didn't care what people thought. Church, it's not normal to tear apart a roof. In case you didn't know wasn't the normal thing to do. Might not be normal to go out and give a gospel track out to somebody during a pandemic. But it's still the right thing to do. It's still the biblical thing to do. But maybe there's some other ways that we can get the gospel to people. I don't know what would work for your town. I come from Missouri. July last year, I was down south the first time I had crawfish. I didn't know how to eat it. I didn't know if I wanted to eat it. You could have a crawfish boil. 
bring people to Christ. It may be outside the realm of normal, but it might work. One of our supporting churches has, they give away Bibles on a street corner. They've seen great fruit from it. A little bit outside the realm of normal, but it works. Another one of our supporting churches goes and gives out snow cones. Man, y'all live in a place where it's hot where everyone would want a snow cone. I don't know what works for your town. That's something you've got to figure out. I don't know what would work for your neighborhood. What would work for your neighbor? But man, try to think of some way, hey, how can I get the gospel into their house? How can I get them the gospel? Why? Because there's a need. There's a need. These four men, they saw a need. They were burdened for the need. They were determined to say, hey, no matter what it takes, no matter how long it takes, we're going to get this man to Christ. Why? And I'm done. Look at verse number five. It says, when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, son, thy sins be forgiven thee. They had faith. When Jesus saw their faith. Doesn't just say when Jesus saw the sick of the palsy's faith, does it? I believe it was all five men. Sick of the palsy had to have the faith to let the four men take them. Four men had to have the faith that said, hey, if we can do our part, God will do his. And church, it's still true today. If we do our part, God will do his. May not be in a timing that we want it. I stay accountable with my pastor. It's a good thing to stay accountable with your preacher. Stay accountable with my pastor and let him know uh, my soul winning stats. There was a time when, and I just wasn't seeing any fruit. Just discouraged. You know what my pastor said to me? He said, son, great obedience leads to great opportunity. That's all he said. And it's very true. Great obedience leads to great opportunity. If we do our part and just continue to do our part, God will do his. But church, God can't do his part until we do our part. We have to do it first. We've got to get them the gospel. We've got to reach people with the gospel. They had that faith that said, if we do our part, God will do his. But not only that, look at verse number five again. It says, when Jesus saw their faith, they had a faith that can be seen. Church, how visible is our faith? I was able to be up in the junior church this morning. Man, what a blessing. Church, don't take for granted what you have here. Your junior church was bigger than a lot of churches that we have, that we've been in. Had 78, 78 kids in junior church. They were all well-dressed. Ladies looked like ladies. Men looked like men. That's how I was taught. You're going to church, you dress with the best you got. Might not be popular preaching these days, but that's how I was taught. Why? Brings about visible faith. 
Your neighbors are spying on you, believe it or not. They see you get dressed, get your kids all nicely dressed, walking out to the van, Bible tucked under their arm. They see that. Man, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Man, what are they doing? Where are they going? They're always so nice, nicely dressed. And that's a visible faith. But is your faith that visible Monday morning at your workplace? With your talk? With your attitude? You know what visible faith brings about? An opportunity to be a witness. An opportunity to give somebody the gospel. Why throw that away? Why throw that opportunity away? Don't miss it. Take advantage of it. It's okay to be different than the world. Uh, We're supposed to be. It's okay to dress a little different, act a little different, talk a little different. Brings about opportunity. Great obedience leads to great opportunity. If we do our part, God will do his. These four men, they saw a need. Church, that's where it starts. We're never going to reach people with the gospel of Christ if we don't first see a need. If we don't see people clearly. We're never going to be burdened for a need unless we see it. Definitely not going to be determined to reach it until we see it. Do we have the faith that says, hey, if we do our part, God will do his? Simple message tonight. Hope it'll help you. Church, my challenge, just see the need. See people clearly. They're never dying souls. It's going to spend eternity somewhere. We can make the difference. We have the ability to make the difference, to get them the gospel. We're not the one that saves them. We understand that. God's the one that gives the increase. But if we don't tell them, God can't save them. We've got to do our part. Lord, we love you. We thank you so much for your love for us.